family, and welcome to episode one of an unnamed podcast. Uh, still yet to find that name, so we're going to ask for some help with that. But I um, want to quickly introduce myself. My name is Robbie Jeffers. I am based out of the Springfield area. And uh, to put it simply, I'm an Illinois high school football fan. Uh, I follow it pretty closely. Uh, and so a couple months ago, I wanted to set out to start this podcast. Uh, made some contacts over the summer through some DMs, uh, different conversations I had, uh, and wanted to get this thing off the ground. We are quickly approaching week one of the Illinois high school football season. And uh, so for this podcast, uh, we're going to be talking about a few things, um, and in particular to three conferences in the central Illinois area. Uh, we're going to have some... Uh, some guest segments on the podcast with some area coaches, some local media guys, uh, folks that are close to programs around the area. But the three conferences we're going to be talking about in particular are the uh, Central State Eight, the Sangamo Conference, and the South Central Conference. Uh, so you may look at one of those and say one of those isn't like the others. Um, obviously, the, the Central State Eight and the Sangamo are in the Springfield area where I'm based. However, I am a Pena High School graduate, a Pena alum. Uh, so I wanted to bring the South Central Conference into this mix um, and bring some exposure to a good conference that has had some deep playoff runs in the past several years. Uh, we're also going to be talking about some other teams in the area that are making noise in other conferences, the St. Teresa's, the Shelbyville's, the Taylorville's, um, schools like that that, um, you know, they have coverage in other areas, but wanted to kind of encompass that together. Uh, so like I said, as we're a few days away from the season started, wanted to give some of my preseason thoughts, predictions for how I see each of these conferences shaking out. We'll be doing weekly picks, uh, games of the week in each conference. And then as we go throughout the season, we'll add some things in, like I said, those guest segments um, and, and some different things. So I'm excited uh, and we're going to go ahead and get started. So I want to go ahead and get started with the uh, Central State 8 um, as it pertains to the Springfield area and um, a little bit higher class in terms of uh, IHSA, uh, football, and, and some of the bigger schools in the area. And I uh, wanted to go through kind of my top three teams uh, as my top tier of uh, what I think will be in, in, in the end result of the Central State 8 this year. I'll talk about some things with those teams and then we'll talk about some of the rest of the teams in the CS8. Um, what they've, you know, what they're bringing back, what they've lost, how we expect that to shake out. So uh, to get started with the CSA, my top tier, I have three teams that I want to, I want to highlight, and it seems like it's really these three teams, uh, with the exception of a few years, pretty much every year, right there at the end. Um, and those three teams being uh, Glenwood, Chatham Glenwood, uh, Rochester, and Sacred Griffin. And if I had to put those in order preseason right now. I would probably put SHG at number one, Rochester at number two, and Glenwood at number three. Okay, so you look at teams like Rochester, I'm sorry, SHG and Rochester and Glenwood, and you see consistency, you see tradition, uh, you see uh, history of success, um, and that's that's not by accident, that's not by mistake. These teams and these programs are uh, well-coached, well-disciplined, um, you know, they're going to come to play every week. 
SHG in particular, I think stands out as my leader in the CS8 this year, just due to what they bring back. Um, you know, you, you see a guy like Sam Sweetland, he's a multi-year starter now at quarterback. Uh, it's his team, you know, looking at what I've seen over the summer, um, with them at some different seven on sevens. And then obviously channel 1450s, uh, picks game preview, uh, on them. Uh, it, it looks like they're, they're going to be full aerial force this year to deal with, uh, especially with Charlie Hamilton, uh, on the outside, and he is a. I think we're going to see a huge year from uh, from Charlie Hamilton in that regard. Uh, some other weapons I bring back: Matt Brenneisen on the defensive side of the ball, uh, and then a guy that we haven't really seen yet, but I think we're going to look at here in a few weeks, and we're going to say, "Wow, that's a major factor." Is Alex Sweetland? Obviously, it's a younger guy. Uh, it's yet to be seen where they're going to put him on the field. I would imagine they're going to put him in the backfield. They're going to split him wide. Um, he's going to be a weapon that's going to get the ball in space. And uh, so I'm looking forward to, to seeing how their offense uh, kind of evolves over the year and uh, seeing what they can put up on, on that offensive side of the ball as well as uh, you know how they can really enforce the front line on the defensive end as well. Um, and that linebacking court always seems to be a very, very solid and well-coached. So... Uh, like I said, some constants that you see with SHG, I don't see that changing any at all this year. And number two, like I said, I'm going with Rochester. Um, and again, it's a Leonard coached program. So, you know, they're going to be well, uh, you know, well prepared. Um, they're going to be well coached uh, top to bottom offense, defense, special teams. Uh, it's a team that's probably not going to beat itself. Um, so you look at one of their major losses, and obviously you can't deny the fact that Nick Baker was a huge part of their success over the last several years. And when you lose a guy that throws nearly 50 touchdowns before he ever throws an interception, and you have to replace that offensive efficiency, you're going to have a time period, and, and maybe they were already there through the summer and whatever they've done up to this point in just a couple days approaching week one, but they're going to probably take some time to find an offensive identity. That's one thing that I don't I don't see as a concern for them because they always seem to be able to put up some you know high octane offense that that is racking up yards and points regardless of whether that's on the ground or through the air. So it it might take them a couple of weeks from what I've seen. It looks like they may be going with a, a multi quarterback system to start the year, trying to again find that identity um, and. You know, as a another wrinkle to that, brings some unpredictability to that offense. You don't know what they're going to do. Um, I've seen a lot of things from a Derek Leonard offense, and I, 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 you know, that's that's something that makes Rochester what they are. Um, that's kind of their calling card. So, weapons on the outside that are coming back as well. Uh, you're going to see Rochester right up there at the top of the CS8 again. And then number three, I have uh, the Glenwood Titans. It seems like Coach David Hay is as tough as they come. Um, the guy means business. He's no nonsense. Uh, and I think that that translates to, again, a very solid program that's going to, you know, already has a great tradition um, with, you know, the coaching staff that was there before. Uh, and what they bring back, Luke Lennon, the quarterback Luke Lennon, he's a junior. 
Um, started last year as a sophomore. The kid's a stud. If you watched any of his highlights, you could see um, some of the athletic ability he has and, and some of those plays that he made something out of completely nothing. And uh, he did lose some weapons, um, but it seems like that's another program that reloads uh, each year. And they always seem to have a, a, a good offensive-defensive line, which is a big part of, of success in this conference as well. Uh, so, you know, going back to Lennon, a, a full year now at Varsity Speed, I think the Titans will be ready to go week one. As far as the rest of the Central State 8, you look at teams like Springfield High. And Springfield High has to replace a, a veteran QB, a field general, and Lucas Rockford. Um, they still do have a security blanket out there in Cam Jones. Uh, so, you know, whoever steps in, and I, I believe it's another senior that's going to step in at, at QB this year, um, is is going to have some some guys that he can rely on on the perimeter. Uh, and then you, you add in athletes like Jacqua Stewart that that's, uh, uh, has a wrestling background, um, came back out this year. Uh, he's going to be a big impact guy, a linebacker. Um, and so you look at Springfield High and you think, well, can they maybe upset one of those, uh, you know, top tier teams in the, in the top three there? Uh, they can make some noise, especially if they can get to the point where they, they had a tough loss na- last year in the playoffs with, I believe it was Nazareth. Um, and, and so I think that they're going to look to rebound and, and see if they can knock off one of those top teams. And, and put themselves in a little bit better position going into the playoffs. But I definitely think they're a playoff team. Going down the line, you look at a team like MacArthur. Uh, the Generals are replacing a ton of, or trying to replace a ton of uh, production in just the Brummets alone. Amir and Armand Brummett was, uh, or were, you know, they were a huge part of uh, the MacArthur offense, defense, entirely. That, that was... It was you look at MacArthur, and, and it was those two that you focused on immediately. Um, tremendous athletes, obviously one now at NIU and another at uh, Bradley playing basketball. So you know multifaceted athletes. Uh, question marks going to be around who's going to step up and take over in that role and take on that production. How are they going to replace that? You look at Eisenhower, and they've got a little bit of coaching staff turnover. Um, inner coach Curtis Graham. Uh, coming in from uh, you know Metro East area, and uh, he's going to have uh, his work cut out in a tough Central State Eight. But it helps when you have guys like Torjon Evans that's coming in as a transfer from uh, Evansville, Indiana. Torjon Evans is a prospect unlike I think the Central State Eight has seen in several years. We're talking a high-level D1 blue chip prospect. Uh, in Torjon Evans, running back as a sophomore last year, 2,600 yards, um, and I believe 32 touchdowns, 1,600 plus yards as a freshman, um, and he has two other brothers that that can run the ball pretty well as well. So, and I believe Trajan and Tory, um, those three, you're going to hear those names a lot. And Torjon specifically, uh, as we go throughout the season, he's going to be, you know, again, as long as he can stay healthy, I believe he's going to be picking up more interest. From uh, some college programs, he's, a, uh, I believe, a 2020 prospect. And um, so you're going to hear the name Torjon Evans quite a bit um, as the year goes on. 
I was looking at something uh, a few weeks back and uh, looking at prospects within this region, and Torjon Evans was a top three running back prospect overall in the Midwest region. So, and and I think he was I think he was number three or maybe number two. Um, Jacardi Wright from St. Teresa was also in there. So, referencing kind of what we've seen in the area from Jacardi Wright, we'll talk about St. Teresa and Jacardi Wright uh, later on. But um, looking at a talent like Jacardi Wright and seeing Torjon Evans' name right with Jacardi Wright, you know what type of player you're going to see in Torjon Evans. Um, so that's going to be huge for Eisenhower. Rounding out kind of the rest of the CS8. Uh, you look at a team like Southeast, there's questions about what's coming back on the offensive line. Um, that's going to be huge, again, a huge factor in CSA play and, and how the Lions do and how the, the guys work in the trenches. Um, they always seem to have athletes, so, uh, you know, there's always athletes walking those halls in, in Southeast, so uh, I don't see an issue there. They're going to plug other guys in and they're going to be productive on the outside, but uh, line play is going to be a big question there. Normal U high. Uh, a four and five team last year, right there on the cusp of the playoffs. It looks like they have some guys coming back that uh, it looks like they might be throwing the ball a little bit more too. Um, so yet to be seen with normal U high, can they get over the hump this year and uh, and be a playoff team? And then you look at uh, schools rounding out the 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 end of the conference there. Landfear, uh, Landfear seems to play hard. Uh, again, good athletes. Uh, it seems like that program's moving in the right direction. Uh, they did have some some turnover last year, uh, and and Coach Don Goff comes back in and and he's you know trying to change some of the culture there uh, with that program. They were a little bit more competitive last year. It looks like they're gonna they're gonna try to translate that more into uh, you know that momentum into more wins this year. But I think that that program's moving uh, you know trending upward. And then you look at Jacksonville. Uh, Jacksonville historically good. Uh, last year was tough, 0-9 season. Uh, they're obviously going to be looking to turn that around. And a well-coached team, again, Coach Grounds, um, you know, one of the most respected coaches in the area, uh, have no doubt that they're going to be there and playing hard all throughout the season. So I want to uh, go over my week one picks uh, in some games here throughout the CS8. Uh, and so just starting out, I have... Sacred Heart Griffin over U-High. Uh, I think they'll win that one pretty easily. Rochester over Southeast. Uh, I see that one uh, being another uh, pretty easy game for Rochester. And then Glenwood over Lanfear. I think the Titans are just too much. And, uh, you know, going back to what I've seen over the summer with them, it seems like they're all business and they're ready to hit somebody, uh, you know, right out of the gate. So uh, looking forward to... Uh, to seeing what Glenwood does in week one. Uh, but I have them over Lanfear. Springfield High over MacArthur. This one's tough because there's a lot of unknowns. Uh, and so I think that in the end, uh, I, I got to go with Springfield High based on what they have coming back. Uh, and But I think this one's going to be a tough game. And then I have Eisenhower over Jacksonville. Um, unpredictability with Eisenhower and what they're going to run in. Like I said, those studs. The Evans brothers, I think they're going to be a big factor for Eisenhower all season. My game of the week in the CS8, 
Is Springfield High MacArthur, just for those reasons that I mentioned, there's unpredictability. Um, both teams are going to be solid. Uh, but I have that as my as my game of the week in the CS8. Uh, so that's kind of a, just a preseason roundup, week one picks, my week one game of the week uh, for the Central State 8. And now I want to uh, get into my uh, thoughts, predictions uh, in regards to the Sangamo Conference. Uh, Sangamo Conference, one of the the best conferences top to bottom in the state. Um, a lot of deep playoff runs with teams in this conference, uh, and I think you know the the strength of this conference top to bottom prepares you know teams that fall into different classes one A, two A, three A for those deep playoff runs. Um, so again, kind of w- along the same format as we talked about with the the CS eight. I want to do the same with the Sangamo, talk about my top teams, and then kind of the rest of the teams uh, that I see uh, and, and some information about them and, and predictions going forward. And then we'll talk week one picks, game of the week. So uh, my top team in the Sangamo this year, Maroa Forsyth. Uh, and coming off a of state runner-up appearance, Ian Benner is one of the area's best under center. Um, full year starter. And I think that he is going to now be an extension of Coach Joseph on the field uh, rather than uh, last year. I think he was still trying to work through some things. Obviously a great athlete um, and and adapted to the speed well. But uh, it's just going to be on a whole other level this year, I think. I, I see him as, a, as an All-State caliber player. Uh, number two, I'm going with Williamsville. Uh, they have some... Serious size on the uh, offensive-defensive lines. And Coach Coons always has those guys ready to go. Uh, they're, they're always tough. They always have just tremendous athletes. Um, I see the Bullets going pretty far this year. Uh, it, there's some question marks, with, and they lost a lot in Justice Farrier. Uh, you know, but they, they also lost a lot the previous year in Jace Franklin. And you saw that they they came back last year and did fine. So, you know they're they they're a program that reloads, uh, and you're going to see Williamsville there at the end of the year. Athens uh, is my number three team. Uh, Coach Ryan Knox, Coach Knox and his staff, obviously very very solid. Uh, Nick Laird, Noah Tisdale, studs returning to a team that made a deep playoff run again. Um, the the thing with Williamsville, or I'm sorry, with Athens is. Can they get over that hump at the you know at the end of the year? Um, and they've been right there. They had a really really close game with St. Teresa a few years back, deep in the playoffs. Tough loss to Tuscola. Um, they're going to be there. They're going to make a deep run. But can they get to the point where they're they're playing in Champagne? Um, and I think that you know if the things that have kind of plagued them in, in years past and some of the big plays and stuff like that, if they can get those to turn in their favor, I think they're going to get there. And then number four, I have Pleasant Plains. Another state runner-up in the conference. Just speaking to the testament of the conference. Um, Brady Walworth departure, John Hamilton era begins there in Pleasant Plains. Uh, but they, they're they another program that's, that's solid. Uh, Brady Walworth got them back on the right track a couple years ago, and that's a program that is is going to remain there, I believe, uh, going forward. Looking at the rest of the Sangamo, 
I got to start with Auburn, and they're right there. They were right there with Pleasant Plains. I I, I put Pleasant Plains just above them, uh, just based on success from last year and what they, what you know what they have coming back. But Auburn's got probably, arguably, the best athlete overall in the conference in Destin Chance. Uh, he's back in another year at quarterback. He's another highlight real guy. Um, Auburn's a constant playoff fixture that, you know, 20-something straight years that, that they've made the playoffs. A, a close call last year, 5-4. and four. Um, A couple years ago, they, they started off slow and ended up making the playoffs at the end. Um, it, it could be another year like that for Auburn. So, but if they get in, they're a team that can make a, make a good run. Uh, so watch out for the Auburn Trojans. Um, could also play upset for some of those top-level teams, too. They always play those other teams tough. Um, so that's a you know dark horse upset pick uh, all year. New Berlin, uh, looking at New Berlin next. Coaching turnover right before the season. Tough loss with losing uh, you know Coach Trevor Comparto uh, due to a personal move. Um, you know they they had some continuity there with the staff and they promoted up. So, uh, you know I don't think that there's going to be a lot of question marks around you know, the coaching or the scheming or anything like that. I think that's going to remain pretty much the same. With that said, you know the, it's you have a shakeup like that with losing your head coach just a couple weeks or a month before the season. How what's their mindset like? Will they be ready to go? How will they respond to that? Um, Week one, they've got Auburn, so you'll you'll see kind of right out of the gate, uh, you know, how they're going to play. Looking at North Mac, another team with coaching turnover, losing Coach Carlson. Uh, can they repeat the successes of a few years back? That's going to be something that and they had a a little bit tougher year last year. Um, can they turn that back around and, and and build some momentum and get up to that upper echelon of the Sangamo Conference? Looking at Porta. Uh, more competitive last year, and you know they said that they were they're looking to turn those those closer games now, where they hung around until the third and fourth quarter. They're looking to turn those into wins. So that program's moving in the right direction, I believe. Uh, but Port is going to be a team that that may surprise some people this year in in, in some wins that they may squeak out. Uh, and then looking at the bottom of the conference, Riverton and Pittsfield. Um, these two, I feel like, are, are pretty much in the same, kind of the same area as far as uh, talent level um, and and where they're at as far as programs overall. I think you could kind of interchange these two. Um, Riverton took it last year between the two. Uh, they start out this this year. It's it's week one. They play each other. So um, one of these teams has got to start one and zero. So uh, you know, positive for for week one. Uh, my week one picks for the Sangamo, I'm going to take uh, Maroa over North Mac. Williamsville over Athens. Boy, what a, what a week one game. Uh, Williamsville and Athens. That's a week nine caliber game. You're going to get week one. Um, Plains over Porta. I think Plains is just, just a little bit too much for, for the Blue Jays. So I'm going to take Plains in that one. Uh, Auburn over New Berlin. Again, how will New Berlin respond? This one's a toss-up. This could go either way. And then I'll take Pittsfield over Riverton due to being at Pittsfield. That travel's tough to Pittsfield. 
Um, but I'm going to take Pittsfield in that one. My game of the week has obviously got to be Williamsville-Athens. Um, th- you know, that's, that's a week one gem. Um, but also, you know, looking at, you're going to see real quickly who these teams are. They're going to figure out who they are. Um, and somebody's going to have, uh, you know, a good success or a good W on their, on their mark for going forward and moving forward into the season. Uh, but that's my wrap-up for the Sangamo for week one. So uh, getting into my final segment here today, I want to talk about the uh, South Central Conference. And uh, and I'll just a disclaimer, I am a, uh, like I said, I'm a painter graduate. Uh, I am a huge painter football homer. And uh, I don't foresee that changing anytime soon. Um, I, I do have them, and maybe this is a huge biased homer pick. I do have them winning the South Central this year. Um, I think with what they have um, and, and what the rest of the conference uh, looks like, I think that Payne is going to come out on top, uh, coached by uh, 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 Trevor Higgins and uh, Coach Ryan Leib's staff. They've, they've got, uh, they're going to have the Panthers ready to play. And they have, a, they have a tough test week one with Greenville um, that in the end can actually decide the conference week one. Um, but some players to watch for Pena this year. Uh, Jack Armstrong is moving over. They lost Jared Beeson at quarterback. Jack Armstrong's moving over to quarterback. He's a, a tremendous athlete. Uh, he's going to be uh, great back there in the backfield. Uh, and he's got some weapons uh, in Jared Byers, uh, Cody Klein, and Bryce Edmiston that – uh, you're going to hear and see a lot of in Pena. Um, Cody Klein's a, a player that came on really strongly last year at both receiver and defensive back. And uh, could be looking at one of those, you know, definitely all-conference player, um, potentially an all-stater. Uh, he's going to put up some numbers. Uh, also in the South Central, you have teams like Carlinville. Carlinville's always solid, um, coached by Chad Easterday. Uh, lost to the state runner-up in Pleasant Plains in 3A in the quarterfinals last year. Um, Carlinville is, is always uh, tough. They're always a tough matchup for everybody in the uh, South Central. Um, just solid top to bottom. And then you, you've got teams like Greenville. Uh, Comets are coming off an 8-3 season. Uh, lost to both Pena and actually rival Hillsboro last year uh, in a tough one. Um, but they're going to rebound pretty strongly. They've been historically good. Um, and then you've got Vandalia, um, th- another 3A quarterfinal team. Uh, lost to Greenville in the regular season, uh, got them back in the playoffs, ended up losing in the quarterfinals to Anna Jonesboro. Uh, oddly enough, Anna Jonesboro knocked out three South Central teams in the uh, 3A playoffs last year pretty odd that they got that draw, but um, knocked off Hillsborough in the first round, um, and then I believe Payne in the second round, and then Vandalia in the quarters, uh, but yeah, uh, so Vandalia uh, lost an all-state receiver, Marcus Zimmerman, um, and that's going to be a, uh, that's a big loss for them, but they've got uh, a good quarterback um, in Wells and Strong and Smalls coming back, uh, running the ball, so uh, they're going to be tough, obviously. Uh, those two are some players to watch for the Vandals. Uh, as I mentioned, Hillsboro, 
Um, they're another team that's in the past has been really tough to play. Uh, they always seem to have some just dogs on their team that, that are tough, and uh, they came off a six and three team, you know, six and three team last year. Uh, as I mentioned, bounced in the first round. Anna Jonesboro. They're looking to get back to the playoffs and maybe um, potentially pull off an upset in one of those top four with uh, Pena, Carlinville, Greenville, Vandalia. I see those as my top four or five. Um, Hillsboro right there at between four and five. I think those two could go either way with them and Vandalia. Um, but Hillsboro is going to be an upset alert, a dark horse team. Uh, if you don't take Hillsboro seriously, they're going to they're they're going to get one on you. Um, that's something that you know I think they're capable of. Um, the team with probably the biggest improvement last year from the year prior was Staunton, um, going from one win in 2016 to four wins in uh, 2017 in last season. Uh, can they get over that hump? Um, and I, I believe they're a 2A cutoff. I, I, I could be wrong, but I know they've been 2A in the past, and when they've gotten into the playoffs, I think they went into the playoffs as a 5-4 and four team in 2A several years ago and ended up playing for the state title. Um, so that's another one of those things that with the, the quality of the conference, um, and I, I'm not sure that they were playing in the South Central that year, but just speaking in, in general terms of this conference, um, it's a lot like the Sangamo, just a little bit further south. Um, the top teams are loaded, uh, and, and they're tough. Uh, but Staunton, if they can get in, if they can get to five wins, they can cause some, some issues for some teams in the, uh, in the south there. Uh, and then looking at Piasaw, uh, Piasaw Southwestern, which is, they've got probably, <laughs> this is not, uh, necessarily on the field related, but they've got probably the craziest mascot in the state of Illinois. If you look up what a Piasaw bird is, it, you know, you'll, you'll read some uh, interesting material, but, um, they had some coaching turnover. I believe their coach went to Warrensburg. Um, and so he's over there now. They've got some turnover. How are they going to be, um, you know, coming out of the gate? Uh, how, how prepared or, or what scheme is, you know, they going to run? Um, that's something that it's a little bit of an unknown factor with Piasaw right now. Uh, but I have them and then I have Gillespie. Um, couple couple tough years in the recent past. Uh, they're trying to build a program down there back up to what it's been in times past um, with uh, they've had a, they've had a pretty good tradition down there in Gillespie. So uh, I know that they're trying to rebuild there and then rounding out the bottom with uh, Roxana. Uh, Roxana was, uh, has been up and down in the last probably 10 years or so, um, down and up, and then in the recent past they've been down again. Uh, but uh, can they can they put out on the field, uh, and can they be competitive in some of those uh, tough games? Be something to watch. Uh, and, the, and the team to round out the bottom, Litchfield. Um, there's been some talk about Litchfield and low numbers. Will they field the team? Will they be able to field the team at all? Will they have enough players? Sounds like they're going to have 15 players week one. So they're facing an uphill battle. Week two and three and on, they may get some players back up to, you know, maybe 25 or 30. But uh, it's tough for those kids in Litchfield because that program, even within the last 10, 15 years, um, or 10, 15 years ago, rather, was was very, very tough. Uh, they were a playoff team, um, you know, year in and year out. Um, so to see a, a program like Litchfield in this uh, condition is tough to, to watch, if, you know, just knowing their history. Um, but, yeah, 15 players week one, 
that's that's definitely going to be tough and and hopefully they're uh they're working on their conditioning because they're going to be playing a lot of both ways um so getting into my week one picks um obviously i talked about Pena getting greenville week one i've got Pena over greenville um i think that this starts them off on potentially a 9-0 regular season i don't want to get too far ahead but um, if they can get some momentum early, Pena, then then I see them rolling. Um, again, they're going to have to establish some some uh, you know offensive identity with Beeson out. Beeson was that big loss. He did a lot of things and he did a lot of things well. And uh, an extension of, of Coach Higgins out there on the field. Uh, I've got Carlinville over Hillsboro. I think the Cavies are just too much for the Toppers in this one. Uh, Vandalia over Gillespie. Again, with what Vandalia has coming back in a quarterback running back situation, uh, I just I see them taking that, that game pretty handily. Staunton over Litchfield. I, I don't see how Litchfield can can win this short of a miracle. Um, so I'm just going to go with the sheer numbers game in Staunton over Litchfield. And then I'll take Piasaw over uh, Roxana. Again, some unknowns there. Uh, but I'm uh, going to go with the Birds. And then uh, my game of the week is, it's got to be Greenville Pena. And I promise you, my <laughs> the game of the week in the South Central won't be Pena every week. But uh, this week it is. And it's a big one at Brummett. And uh, looking forward to seeing, you know, how, uh, how this defense and how this offense for the Panthers can, uh, can come alive against the Comets. The Comets are going to be ready to play. Um, they know the importance of this game. I'm sure week one going into Pena. Um, Pena's been on top for several years, and they've got him. Um, and just to kind of expand on that, um, and I know that there's been some coverage with like Harold Review about them covering this game at Pena. Um, I'll just tell you guys, 10 years ago, this would have been a joke. Nobody would have been at Pena. Nobody wanted to be at Pena. Some of the players didn't want to be a painter. I know because I was there. Um, 10, 11, 12 years ago, this wasn't a question. This is a testament to how far this painter program has come uh, under Coach Stupek to begin with and then transitioning into Coach Higgins uh, and his staff and keeping them all together. Um, anyway, that's my little uh, spiel about painter football. But very proud to say that I was, uh, I'm a painter alum and and. That program's doing great things both on and off the field. Uh, we're going to have Coach Higgins on this podcast at some point, but uh, looking forward to that. So uh, that's my game of the week in South Central, and uh, I'm going to go ahead and wrap this up. So real quickly, just want to thank everybody for tuning in. If you've, if you've gotten to this point, um, then you've <laughs> sat and listened to me ramble. Um, so thank you for taking the time to listen to this. Um, I'm looking forward to what this podcast can become, and I, I want to be clear, and I mentioned at times, um, you know, Channel 1450, Herald and Review guys, um, I mentioned some other local media that we're going to bring in. I want to be clear that this, this is not an attempt to compete with uh, any of those guys or any of those outlets because uh, I think they do fantastic things. Um, this is more of a, of a compliment to the coverage that they provide. Um, so I'm going to be working with, you know, some of those guys, uh, pretty closely in regards to this podcast. And maybe you'll see a couple of those folks jump on at times. Um, not, not out of the question. Um, but, 
Uh, I just wanted to be clear on that, that that's not, this is not an attempt to overthrow that or anything by any means. Um, however, I just wanted to kind of start this as a fan thing and uh, see what you guys as the listeners wanted to see. And we'll change and adapt. It'll probably evolve over time. Um, but anyway, I wanted to just quickly wrap up. I know that we had, uh, we had, we had talked about potentially some other teams that uh, uh, are in the area that we wanted to highlight. Um, one of those I want to talk about is Shelbyville. Um, and they lost a lot in, in Turner Poland. They have a lot coming back. They have an all-American caliber receiver in, uh, in Kentrell Beck. And, and uh, so I, I'm looking forward to seeing what they do and how they reload. Um, get some interest with the, the coaching staff there and Coach Hilbert. Um, so I'll be watching them pretty closely. St. Teresa is another team to watch. Obviously, Jacardier Wright is a monster. Um, looking forward to seeing where he ends up at the next level because he's definitely headed there. Um, but that's going to be another team that um, if they can get in, you know, I'm assuming they can, they're going to be e- easily able to get the playoffs. How far of a deep run can they make? Um, so that's going to be something to watch for. But uh, Jacardier Wright, one of the best players in the area by far at any conference. Uh, so uh, another D1 level prospect, and uh, he's going to be a highlight reel as well. So um, another one I wanted to mention real quickly is Taylorville and the Tornadoes. Um, Brandon Odom, another All-State guy, put up huge numbers last year as a junior. Uh, I expect more from him uh as a senior and uh, a nice new shiny field there in Taylorville turf field and um, so things will be moving fast there for the tornadoes and uh, so I'm looking forward to that once again thank you for joining me today and uh, we'll, we'll see how week one shakes out and I look forward to speaking to everybody next week